Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to an interview we've done with Matt Slater, who's the football news reporter for The Athletic. He's written a fantastic piece on The Athletic that I'm sure many of our listeners have read. Um, but this is this is quite a fascinating chat I've had with him um, about everything that's going on uh, with the news we've received this week about investments at the club and what it could mean, what's potentially going to happen and um, our future looking forward. So do enjoy it. And I've started by asking Matt in quite layman terms about how this all started. As your listeners will know, um, ever since really um, Russia invaded Ukraine uh, about 18 months ago, um, Farhad Mashiri has been looking for help. It's been financial help, Everton. Um, there's a few reasons for this. Um, I won't need to explain and to your listeners that um, uh, Farhad Mashiri's business partner, Alicia Usmanov, has been very helpful to the club over the years. Uh, Alicia Usmanov has been added to the UK sanctions list. Uh, he's an Uzbek-born oligarch. Very, very wealthy man, um, but has clear connections to the Kremlin. Um, so he's on the sanctions list, which means all of the sponsorships that Everton had with Usmanov linked clubs had to be had to be cancelled basically. So that that was a significant financial hit right there. Um, Usmanov was also in line to provide the naming rights partner at. Finch Farm. Oh, sorry, Finch Farm. He already does that at um, Bramley Moor Dock, mm-hmm. um, and you know that's a significant part of the um, funding plan for the building mm-hmm. of the stadium. And then I think the third part is that Mashiri's wealth has also been heavily impacted. He has lots of assets in Russia that's effectively all been frozen. So it was a bit of a triple whammy. I think even prior to that sort of sudden external shock um again i don't need to sort of say too much about this but everton have been losing money for years yeah um 
um, Shiri himself since 2016, he's in for about 750 million um, at, uh, at Everton. He's he's basically funded the stadium build himself up to this point. Uh, the budget has now gone from 500 to 760 million, and I think it might go a bit higher. He has pretty much paid for the first 400 million of that. So he was already looking for help with the stadium, a kind of funding plan with the stadium, combination of long-term debt, maybe an external partner there to help with that. So a lot of these things were happening. Some of these things were happening anyway, and then then there was a sort of sudden dramatic change that made it really, really important that he, he got some money in. Um, you know, Everton's right up against it. Mm. Um, there's this ongoing independent investigation, Premier League investigation, into the financial fair play situation, 21-22, and we're sort of expecting a, a, a verdict on that in the coming months. Um, and then you've had these sort of relegation battles as well. So there's a, there's a lot going on. So he's 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 been looking for a while. And, um, you know, last year we had um, Kaminsky, didn't we? Uh, a a Polish-born American property guy who was going to um, buy a stake in the club. That dragged on for most of last summer. Um, and then there have been some various other bits and bobs going on in the background. And then this year, it's sort of come down to one of two US sports investment groups that were most likely to to take a minority stake and or lend more money mm. to do the stadium. And they are MSP Sports Capital, who are New York-based. They've got some stakes in small European football teams, got some shares in the Phoenix Suns and F1's McLaren. They're a, they're a pretty reputable group. They've been around for a while, set up by a sports agent called Jeff Morad and a, and a sports and technology property investor called named uh, James Najafi. Uh, and then the other group is 777 Partners, who are based in Miami, slightly newer. Started off in something called Structured Finance, which is sort of like kind of insurance settlements mm. and has got into... Um, airplane leasing and property and but in the last couple of years very very aggressively into football in terms of you know kind of these multi-club ownership group um model idea where you 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 piece together a kind of little mini empire of of, of football clubs and they've got stakes in Genoa, Hertha Berlin, Sevilla, uh, Vasco da Gama, uh, Melbourne, um uh, probably missing a couple there as well so they've 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 got uh, standard the age so they own red star in, in paris so they've so they've grown fast they haven't actually sort of um shown much evidence that they're going to sort of make some sense of their portfolio of clubs yet but you know we'll, we'll give them a bit more time there um so those two groups have been kind of dropping position uh as of about may msp Appear to have um, appear to have have won. Mm. Um, they signed an exclusivity agreement with Mashiri for a a plan, as you outlined in your question, to invest up to 150 million club uh, pounds in the in the entire, if you like, enterprise. But 100 million of that would really be sort of targeted at the stadium development company to to fill that that 360 million pound gap that I mentioned before in the in the funding plan for Bramley Moor. And then about fifty million would go to Everton Football Club for just to, just for cash flow because Everton Everton has cash flow issues, um, and that would be convertible debt. So basically, a loan with warrants 
that you then activate and you take shares. Um, and they would end up with about 25% of the club, there or thereabouts. So that, that was the plan. And it, and it, and it was it was structured that way because with the stadium, he's going to do the rest of it with the type of long-term debt, yeah. long-term cheap debt that Tottenham, for example, built their stadium with. Um, but to, to sort of trigger that, to secure that, those lenders, and he's, he's um, commissioned... JP Morgan and uh, a Japanese bank, MUFG, to, to do that work, wanted more security, wanted more certainty. They wanted somebody else with skin in the game, i.e. equity in the in the in the company, to do some of the some of it to, to, to lower their risk profile. So that's why the MSP money into the stadium co with shares was important. It was, it was to sort of secure that whole funding package for the stadium. Um and then the other bit of what MSP were meant to be bringing to the table, and again, this is something I'm sure you've done umpteen times on your podcast, is new energy, new yeah. ideas to the board, new blood, um, and really kind of a, a sort of the beginning of a, of, a, of a route map for the future of the club. You yeah. know, where's where's it really going? Because it's been, you know, obviously drifting. You know, I haven't got skill in this game. I'm neutral here, but but, but most outside observers would say that Everton appears to have been drifting for a long, long time and the Absolutely, last few years yeah. in particular. So MSP were going to get seats on the board, you know, a little bit of a US know-how. They're always very full of themselves about that. But there's no doubt that they, they certainly would have um, brought connections to North American money, which I think would, would be helpful. And, and know-how around the stadium, I think, is, is probably a fair point. Um, they, they, they certainly would have some good ideas around utilising what is still going to be, you know, if all goes well, a pretty amazing asset for the club, hopefully. Um, so um, that was the plan. And uh, long story short, it is collapsed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's collapsed because um, Everton's largest existing lender, creditor, uh, rights and media funding, Cheshire-based, um, slightly opaque lender, um they, they sources his money from from the Bahamas and the Isle of Man. Um long-standing relationship with with Everton going back to um the Vibrat days and, and Robert Earl who's mm. who founded Planet Hollywood and um very infamous uh, very infamous people. <laughs> well the yeah, um but um and he's a former director of, of Everton. Um and um so they you know long-standing uh, lender uh Everton's lending facility with them is now up to 200 million. Doesn't mean they doesn't mean they've borrowed all of 200 million, but mm. but they but they but they can. They extended it in the that last in the last year. Well, they and this is not unusual, by the way. What I'm about to explain here, they have what's called a negative pledge clause. And if you think about it in really simple terms, um, you buy your house with a mortgage, and then a few years later. Uh, that mortgage with a bank or a building society. And then a few years later, you need a bit more money, so you remortgage it with another bank or you know building society. Mm. But you don't tell the other lot, and you sort of <laughs> basically try and remortgage it twice. How do you think the first bank is going to feel? They're not going to be a bit miffed, aren't they? And that's why you can't do it um, because they have security on your house, and in this Everton case, um, rights of media have security. Uh, over various Everton assets. So they are well within their rights to say, uh, one, you're diluting my security, you're sort of increasing my my, my exposure to risk here. Yeah. Um, no, 
Um, so that that's part of it. But I sort of since making calls on this and, you know, I've been making calls on this for most of this week. I've learned that I, I don't think that's their only objection. I think rights and media are very concerned about Everton's position and therefore very concerned about their own position because yeah. they are on the hook for, you know, best part of 200 million pounds. And they didn't think the MSP deal was good enough. They didn't think MSP were bringing enough cash to the table. They probably thought the MSP were getting too many shares for the amount of cash they were bringing as well. But, but fundamentally, they think Everton needs more money, a bigger transfusion. So that's why it's collapsed. And um, I suppose the only kind of bit of positivity here is that MSP have continued, if you like, with one part of the plan. They are now lending money to the stadium development company. Yeah. So that 100 million that was going to go for that bit of the plan is going it's just going as a straightforward loan so that's more debt just more you know there's no equity attached to that so it's just more debt they've, they're lending 100 million and i and i actually suspect that um at least 40 million of that will be set aside ring fence i don't think it's going to happen very very quickly to repay um some money that flowed in may from Andy Bell, who's a lifelong Evertonian, very successful British businessman. He set up AJ Bell, the stockbroking platform. In May, um, and we could see this at Company's House with a with a charge, basically a mortgage that was that was placed on the stadium development company. He put in 40 million pounds. Now that 40 million pounds was supposed to be kind of a bridging loan to keep Lang O'Rourke, the mm. you know, the, the people who are building Bramley Moor, keep them happy. And that he would then be repaid out of the MSP money. So, so that I know that there's a lot of numbers there and lots of money going backwards and forwards. But the, the, I suppose the important thing for your listeners to get is there was this plan. It was money for the stadium, some cash for the for the club. It came with shares. They were going to get seats on the board. That's off because an existing lender said no. Um, understandably so. Um, although you could ask questions about why they didn't work that out before. Um, and, and now a loan has just gone to the stadium development company. And Everton are slightly back. Well, Everton and Mashiri are back to square one in terms of their bigger problem. How do we fund this club and this stadium going forward? How much of a risk is with that? I.e., you mentioned I mean, 350 million that we still need to get the stadium essentially finished. Um what what position would there would fans will be really nervous about this? What's the likelihood of that still not going ahead? Because it's it's quite ambiguous that you, you hear as a, your average fan that oh well look at the stadium now it looks really good it looks like seats are about to go in soon. Is there a risk that this doesn't go ahead and it ends up as it's not going to happen? Um, yeah, a lot. There's a risk. Yeah, I mean, there's no. Anyone telling you otherwise is 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 fibbing. Is how big is the risk, right? So that's that's the real issue here. I I, I think there's I, I think it's very unlikely now that the stadium doesn't happen, right? Doesn't finish because it it has to. Because as you just said, it's it's so far along. It is plan A, B, C, D, and E for for, for Everton and Mashiri. Um, he's so much of, of the sort of heavy lifting in terms of you know the actual heavy lifting and and the money is is, is done so 
the bit that's remaining then is that last bit that was supposed there was a plan it was all set out in may msp money arrives they get shares therefore they are actual partners in this that would then give them the markets you know that the markets the security they want i was led to believe that jp morgan and, and this bank that used to be called mitsubishi had effectively secured that money it was it was sort of good to go um they could have done it really really long term you know kind of like a sort of 25 year thing but i think mashiri was leaning towards just because of the way the interest rates are sort of going and he you know he's thinking well they'll they'll fall and well then i'll remortgage in a few years time he was just going to get it as a five-year construction loan that all made sense so look yes there is some doubt now about that the 100 million has gone in from msp as a loan is you know so now the question is okay JP Morgan and, and their clients and uh, Mitsubishi and their clients happy with that? Is that money still going to come? Is it still going to come on the same terms, same interest rates? We, we don't know. So, you know, watch this space. Does he have to sort of restructure that plan? Does he have to go? Does that now have to be another straightforward loan with higher costs? So that that is a live topic. Um, um, you know, if worse, if 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 all starts to really go wrong that stadium is still an asset it's still an asset right and it's still it's it's sort of worth its value as a business is is, is still positive right it's still more value than the amount of money spent on it particularly as machinery is effectively have to write off that 400 million he's spent so that that is a, a little slither of good news it's not great news obviously because it would mean everton instead of um owning this wonderful thing that they've been looking forward to for years and years and, you know, securing the future going forward would then just become a, you know, a, a renter of their stadium. And that's obviously not ideal if, if they have to sell the stadium to, to a, to a third party, but that at least is an option that Mashiri has. So to answer your question, does, does the stadium happen? I think the stadium does happen because it's a valuable enough asset and someone will buy it. And therefore finish it. Yeah. Right. So what does it mean for the football club? Well, this is where we get into, I'm sort of throwing my hands up in the air here. Uh I don't know. Yeah. Because he's proved he's he he spent 18 months looking for help. Yeah, I know he's denied it for a long, long time, but I'm telling you he's been looking for help. I'm telling you that he is unable to um fund Everton as a sort of going concern. At the moment, he just on his own, he, he couldn't do it on no, his own. No, no, he's not because because he is so constrained elsewhere. The club still runs at a loss. So still requires um, money from from an owner from 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 investors. Um, the situation is, is has improved, of course. You're, you're basically under special measures with the Premier League. Yeah, but um, well, that's the so, this year, isn't it? The issues that yeah. Why yeah, so and look, we've seen you know, we've seen sales of players already. Um, could there be some more of those? Maybe, but you know, look at like we are in the window. Um, so he's running out of road a bit, he's running out of options. So this MSP deal not happening is is there's no way of sort of dressing up, it's it's a blow. So, you know, if, if he tells me and he's all the signals are, oh, it's okay, there are other options, other conversations, yeah, I know. That's that's how I picked up on this story. Yeah, you know, I went away. You know, I thought this was sort of a done deal in in May June. You know, MSP announced the security, the SEC, the SE, the Securities and Exchange Commission in the states. We've raised the money. 
Um, you know, I, I was hearing things about the, you know, then we saw the board changes in an interim board, all the kind of choreography appeared to be going in the right direction. You know, I and lots of other sports business journals go off on holiday. I come back from holiday and I'm hearing Everton are being shopped around again. I'm thinking, well, hold on a minute. That deal was done. How, how, how on earth are 777 and other North American and Asian groups being 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 shown what what are called decks, which are just um, prospectuses, you know, um, yeah. um, you know, sort of sales details. How is this happening? Well, then we then we learn right this week. So something has to happen. It has to happen fast. Um, it sounds like seven 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 are back in the picture. Did they ever really go? But you know, they, they certainly were out while while MSP had an exclusivity arrangement. Let's see. You know, seven 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 had all of twenty twenty three to close that deal, if if they could. Um, it has it has some issues elsewhere in its group. So we'll, we'll, we will see. And if it's not them, it has to be someone else, and it has to be, you know, a, a, a big number. Do they get shares? Is it pretty much the same deal as MSP? I don't know. I suspect it sort of has to be, or certainly similar. Yeah. Um, and, but but it, it genuinely has to happen quite quickly. Just one final question on this. Um, would Mishiri not be interested in actually selling the club? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, uh, it's a good question. Um, he, I think, feels that he has put so much of his wealth into the club and the stadium mm -hmm. that if he can at all avoid that he doesn't he doesn't want you know he, uh, he he seems to think that he can sort of just get through this if he can get through this though though there is a sort of there's light at the end of the tunnel um but we're almost getting to the point now where you know selling the club he's going to be selling it at a massive you know what what is what is everton worth this is where you get into sort of, you know, real interesting questions about where Everton is now, how you benchmark it, who, which sort of club are you benchmarking it against? How much debt is there? Would that so, not go at the initially what you said in 150 million coming in from MSP for 25% of the club? Therefore, that would make it what? Yeah. million, something like that. Yeah, it, you, it would, plus the stadium, you know, with the stadium project. I think the yeah. stadium project is the bit that makes Everton slightly more interesting than maybe, I don't know, sort of some other kind of, you know, middle-ranking middle, middle ranking Premier League club. There is there is a stadium that is, that is you know, well on the road to being finished. It's going to be a great stadium. That is clearly an asset. Premier, you know, Everton have a you know rich history, big fan base, all those things. But lots of other clubs can sort of say similar things. I don't want to get into a big row about which club's bigger <laughs> than other. But, but there is, there, you know, Everton are a... You know, a storied club uh, with with lots of fans. You know, let's not forget though they have faced two relegation battles yeah. in a row, and they're looking at a third. So that is already a discount. You know, any 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 external investor will be looking at that as a discount. Where there is a very real prospect of relegation in the next three, four, or five years. So I have to sort of factor that in you know, the cost of getting out of the championship again. But then, 
you know, you just look at the debt. So, you know, we've, we've, there's, a, there's a small COVID-related loan from a bank called Metro Bank, which they're paying down. We'll call that 30 at the moment. Um, best part of 200 to, to, to write some media. Okay, Mashiri writes his stuff off. So you've got sort of two over 200 there. You've got ongoing losses, so it's a you know, so your funding losses going forward. That's something else they they'd factor in. Massive need for a you know, it either get Everton either get relegated or you spend a lot of money to stop them being yeah, relegated. Yeah. So that's another thing you add to the cost. You've got this uh, shortfall at, uh, at Bramley Moor. Suddenly, you you know, the, the, these these hundreds of millions are adding up, and you're thinking. Well, where's where's how much is actually the whole enterprise worth? I mean, I I will take on that debt and I will take on that spending. You know, off the top of my head, there I've done the best part of five hundred million. Aren't we at about what we think Everton might be worth? Particularly if it's a distressed asset. Particularly if we know Farhead needs to sell. So this is this is you know, would he sell the whole thing? Well, I think he's probably been thinking about that for eighteen months, and he's had advisors yeah. in his head saying, oh, maybe we should sell. But what are we selling it for? We're selling a lot for a pound. Yeah. We're selling a lot for 50, 100. How, how, you know, how strong is my bargaining position here? Is it not better that I sell stakes? So at least I give myself some upside going forward if mm. we can turn this ship around. So, you know, so my loss isn't 750 million, but in five, 10 years, I start to sort of see some upside here, and maybe the next time we sell Everton, we sell it for a billion. I don't know, you know, that sort of thing. That's that that's that's the that's the equation he's looking at here. And finally, finally, the issue with the Premier League and the financial issues that look set to be coming. How heavy can they be? I know people have spoken about maybe points deductions and things like that, but surely it'd be financial ahead of ahead of those issues coming along. I honestly don't know, David. I know this is this is such a burning question for yeah, us yeah. fans. I, I I have I have been less focused on this. I did, you know I did a lot you know, a year or so ago on it, but I've been um, I've been just looking at other other sort of takeovers. Well, there's and, plenty, you know, there's I've been, plenty I've been, to be more focused. <laughs> yeah, I've been more focused on sort of you know Farhad and how he gets out of this than than that. I mean, all I can say is you know again, I'm sure you've done this on the pod before. Um, the Premier League, if you look at their handbook and the way they sort of address these things, and Everton are a bit of a guinea pig here um, as well. Um, they 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 leave themselves huge amounts of leeway. First of all, it all goes off to an independent panel anyway. So the Premier League, you know, take a back seat, and off it goes to you know, th- you know, I think it's three very experienced jurists, lawyers, that sort of thing, and they'll they'll have a good look at this, but. They they have an enormous amount of discretion as to what they want to do, so yeah, you're right. They'll, they'll look at what's 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 happened, the the seriousness of it, you know, what what measures Everton took, how helpful Everton have been. Did they hold their hands up? Did they try and did they conceal it? Did, 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 did they resist it? All of those things go into the mix, right? As aggravating or mitigating factors, like like in any kind of judicial process, and um, all goes in the mix, and we get a result at the end. So could be financial, could be sporting, and then sporting could be points, could be embargoes, could be squad size rejections, all those sorts of things, right? I'd say all of that is on the table for Everton. And without wanting to prejudge it, I really don't want to prejudge it. I, I know it's a, a keenly argued point, and it will yeah. all be it will all it will all hinge on Everton's case that COVID 
somehow uniquely hit them uh, because they had so many sort of balls in the air. And that is why they blew the FFP t- uh, um, uh, parameters by such a huge margin. You know, COVID killed the transfer market, which is why they weren't, they couldn't trade their way out of trouble. It, it, you know, blah, 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 blah. We, you know, we, we, I think we've, we've heard the arguments before. Um, do you, given everything we've just been talking about for the last 15 minutes, do you find that club, that stroke company, mm. given all their, you know, what is that? Is that what they need? Or do you or do you hit them with sporting sanctions? Is it, from a sort of business point of view, are sporting sanctions, whilst actually catastrophic for football fans and, and, and would probably, you know, condemn you to relegation, are they actually more lenient than piling on more debt? Yeah. I think that's one to consider. Um, because as horrible as it sounds, particularly given Everton's, you know, unique history, I want to use second second longest run in the top flight. Yeah, you got the you got the the best in, in terms of total 120 years or something of your history in the top flight. I would argue that relegation is of the sort of existential threats you're facing. That that's not as bad as administration. So, points penalty might might be a result. Sorry to say, yeah. but who knows, right? Yeah, Everton's yeah. going to go in there and argue argue their socks off and say. No, look, you know, direction of travel, we were doing our best. All clubs were hit. We were trying to build a stadium. Um, yeah, we made some mistakes, uh, but we've rectified them. And uh, yeah, COVID came along and COVID sort of, you know, killed our kind of rescue, our, our, our strategy to get out of this mess. It might work. Sports Social Podcast Network.